And we're back for another episode of Start Apostle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Start a Puzzle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm thinking about getting a dog. Really? Yeah. I want to fish. Well, I... Okay, uh, that that might work too. But you know, overall, the I have I have I have a concern with the dog that I want to get, and I'm worried that I'm not going to be properly covered if the dog needs medical help, a long hospital stay, a new hip. I'm kind of freaked out. So, yeah, that sounds like a problem. Yeah, I know. Now, before we get to the solution for that problem, I want to mention that today's Episode of Start a Puzzle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And with that, I'll introduce today's guest. It's amazing that once again, our guest is its super timely and applies to the issues that we have. I'm not sure if your fish is going to be covered here, but I've brought in Casey Masters, who's the CEO and co-founder of Companion Protect. You can go to companionprotect.com to check out what they do, but uh, a rapidly growing company in the pet insurance business. Hello, Casey. Hey, guys. It's uh, it's good to have you. I guess we could probably jump right in. Do you insure fish? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we do not uh, insure fish at this point. Uh, it is on the product roadmap, uh, so, so stay really? tuned. Really? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Is it really on the product roadmap? No, it is not. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if we're looking 10, 20 years out, potentially. Well, as we mentioned, that you know, pet insurance is something that uh, uh, it, it's growing. A, a very small portion of pets are insured, but with that, it's a, become a very massive industry. Can you give us a little backstory about, I mean, even the industry yourself and how you guys got Companion Protect started? Sure. Yeah. My uh, my personal background, I'm an insurance geek by by trade. Um, started my career here in Kansas City at Lockton Companies. Um, was fortunate enough to be part of a founding team uh, of a company called Lockline. Uh, and our, our sort of product was insuring wireless phones. So we had uh, a great run in the last 20, 25 years of building a consumer-based insurance program for wireless phones throughout the globe. Um, and we decided that uh, it was time to take our attention and turn it to uh, something we love, which is animals. And so about five years ago, we started doing some research on pet insurance and tried to understand if, if that was uh, a market that we wanted to 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 get into. Uh, and we quickly learned that it was. There's, like you said, Matt, there's only a couple percent of animals, pet dogs and cats in the U.S. that have pet insurance. Um, and we think that that number is really, really low. Um, the, the research says 20 to 30 percent of people actually want the product. So we see a huge opportunity to to fill a need. So I, I think a lot of people don't realize how big the pet industry is in general. Did, it, how, 
are you aware, or do you know right offhand, like how, how many people actually have pets, meaning just like even dogs and cats? Sure. Yeah. In the United States, there's over 180 million people have dogs and cats. Two thirds wow. of the U.S. households have either a dog or a cat. And in many cases, they have both. Hmm. And what and what percent of those animals or pets at the t- at the moment are insured? Today, only one to two percent have insurance. Um, there's a there's a myriad of reasons why, um, but again, the demand says twenty to thirty percent and upwards. Uh, in some countries, the the take rates up to fifty percent on a product like this. Wow. So what so what exactly are when you buy pet insurance? What 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 does that cover? Well, there's a lot of different products out in the market, which is you know part of what the research sort of bore out. The 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 basic product that we offer is for illness and accident. So the coverage is very comprehensive. Any any illness your pet may suffer, um, cancer, hip dysplasia, uh, any ailment, knees, uh, all sorts of um, issues that the pet may you know have over the, the course of its life. And then also it covers, in our case, our product covers accidents, right? You never know if your your animal is going to get out of your backyard, um, chase the the squirrels and the rabbits, which which my dog Salvia is doing probably as we speak. Um, and so you want protection. You want to have peace of mind that if something does happen, um, you you can actually have coverage and you feel good about it. I, I have a little firsthand experience with this. So I was want, I once had an American bulldog and it had hip dysplasia and I didn't realize it. You know, it was probably the eight or ninth month that we'd had the dog and it had just kind of a strange like frailness to its hips. And we took him to the vet and he took some uh, x-rays and guy comes in and he says, well, your dog has hip dysplasia. And I had never even heard of that at that point. And I said, well, what does that mean? And, you know, he kind of explained it to me and uh, I said, well, what do you need to do to fix it? And he said, well, you'd have to do a hip replacement. And that is about $6,000. And then he told me, he said, sometimes you can get away with one but you might need to do both. And I'm sitting here going, Oh my God, 12,000 bucks. Now I didn't have pet insurance. Um, and that was, I mean, that was a heartbreaking feeling. And I remember that. So, you know, and that was, man, that was 15 years ago. So we, we hear stories like that all day, every day. Um, and it's unfortunate. Most of them are like you, you know, it happened years ago and they wish they would have had the coverage. Um, yeah. Pets, pets are like people. They get sick. They get injured. They, they have issues happen over the course of their lifetime. Uh, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Uh, and so our product, you know, is designed for that exact issue. We Our product has a $100,000 lifetime limit. So in your case, if you would have had a $12,000 claim, it actually would have been covered all the way through the $12,000. Um, you know, one of the things we learned in the industry and, and part of the reason only 1% to 2% of people have pets um, the products that were in market 10, even five years ago, um, they really weren't good products for the consumer. There are a lot of gotchas, a lot of holes in them. Um, you know, as an insurance person, I looked at the policy and the first thing I sort of interpret is, oh, they're trying to deny coverage, right? And and you know, your example is a prime example. A lot of our competitors, um, if you have something happen on the right side, whether it's a hip or a knee, the bilateral piece of it is not covered. So if, you, if it happens on the left side, it's no longer covered. It's a pre-existing condition. Well, that's not that's not the way you build a product and grow a business. Um, and so those are kind of, that's one example of something we've done to really make the product better uh, and make it, you know, a, a, affordable, but but also cover the issues that, that people have. 
Um, and, you know, part of the reason that we got into this space is that the number one killer of companion animals in the United States, it's not cancer, uh, it's not heart disease, it's actually economic euthanasia. Um, it's, it's situations where there's a treatment available, um, but the consumer basically can't afford it or chooses not to afford it. And so, you know, for the animal's sake, the mission side of our business, we're, we're trying to break that cycle. So what's the number one thing that a dog or a cat would need to be insured for? Like, what's the most popular claim? We see a lot of, you know, just like humans, they, they get upper respiratory uh, issues, right? There, there's, um, you know, we see, we see animals that, that are overweight and they need to be on prescription food. Um, you know, we see a whole range of things. Um, you know, accident-wise, we see a lot of animals that, chew on toys and swallow them and get them mm -hmm. caught in their intestines. Um, yeah. And th those things are expensive, right? Those are, by the way, know. I've had that happen too. I had a, I had a pit bull and it was chewing on one of those rubber toys. And it, uh, so we went to take, it, it was the worst timing ever, man. We went to take the dog on a road trip with us and it was puking all over the car. We didn't know why we ended up taking him to an emergency vet and he had a piece of rubber lodged in his intestine. And that was another expensive dog owner. I wasn't insured there either. I'm starting to pick up a pattern yeah, here. I, I think we might, get, might need to get you some insurance for that. new. Oh. Dog. Okay. So I didn't realize that some of the ongoing stuff was, was covered as well. Um, all right. So you mentioned now your companies, you guys are around five years old and you've grown pretty quickly you have over 50 employees or participants in the business and that's that's a lot to to plan for and grow for especially when your background was in phone insurance so how do you go about planning for a pet insurance business especially when you don't have a background in pet insurance uh, that's a great question <laughs> we've we've spent a, a couple years trying to learn the space there are a lot of parallels between cell phone insurance and pet insurance. Um, we we kind of joke sometimes. I'm not sure what people are more attached to, their pet or their cell phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally, it's a tough call, right? Um, I so, agree. So we we got really good at consumer-based insurance products. You know how consumers react to a product, the pricing, the coverage, um, and what we really learned is they want great service. They want an experience um, that when they do have an issue that gets taken care of, they get reimbursed really quickly. Um, and so those are the, you know, some of the fundamentals we built the pet insurance business on, you know, when a customer has a claim, we take care of it. We've paid over 97% of claims that have been presented to us over the last three years, um, which is definitely industry leading. Uh, and that's by design. You know, we want to build a product that has good coverage um, because that's how you grow a business. I have seen so many people try to start consumer-based insurance product companies um, and, and they try to control their profitability by denying claims. And, and we take a whole different approach. We actually take the approach that the more claims we pay, um, the, the more it grows our business. So we have we have had some growing pains over the years because pet insurance is a little bit different than, than cell phone insurance, but a lot of the way you service the customer is, is very similar. Um, and, and we also, you know, part of the reason, you know, we met, met you guys is we focus super heavy on the technology side. Right, we invest a ton of money on the tech stack we use, but really primarily to drive the customer experience. We know a good, efficient technology solution 
um, drives efficiencies, which, you know, consumers like that. They don't want to wait in line. They don't want to have to call somebody. Um, they don't want to wait forever to get reimbursed. So, you know, all of those things that, that we learned in our past life, we're trying to apply today. So that some of those efficiencies, does that just involve like getting people signed up and onboarded or claim management or stuff like that? Is it just things that basic workflow automation or business process automation? It is. Yeah, but it really starts on the, the enrollment side of our business. And so we are we are heavily investing in the digital enrollment experience. You know, insurance is shifting from the, the old days where you talk to your agent. Um, and, and they consulted you on your home and your auto and all the other coverages you may may need. Well, that's shifted that shifted digital, right? That that experience for especially for the millennials and the younger crowd, they don't want to talk to somebody. They want to go online. They want to see all their options, uh, and they want to make a buying decision. And so we're we're keenly aware of that. And so that's a huge emphasis from from our company is to to really maximize um, that digital experience, the onboarding experience. Um, and then you know once someone becomes a customer. You've got to have a way to communicate with them, right? You got to have good lifecycle management. You got to reach out. You got to keep your product relevant. Um, you've got to create the value for the consumer, so so they continue to buy the coverage. And so all of those are done in in our company through technology. Well, and I would I would guess that your guys's price point is a lot lower, and therefore your margins, you know, have to be a lot better and lower. To, you know, because people don't pay a thousand dollars a month probably for health insurance for their animals, right? Like, you know what. You know, so, you know, when, when something's a big ticket, you can afford to, you know, have all that overhead of all those people and all that stuff. But you guys need to, to process volumes of, of, you know, people at a low, lower overhead. So technology is super critical. Makes it a lot is. to me. It, it is, Matt. We, we built our first business and we saw the benefit of technology. We saw what it could do to you when you got to scale, right? The economies that the, the efficiencies that it created. And so when we started Companion Protect, the really cool thing about starting over was we got to, to choose a brand new tech stack yeah. based on today's technology, um, which is, is really opened the door for us um, to, to communicate through APIs with our partners, you know, have a good experience for our consumers, our customers. And like you say, it lowers our costs. Our admin costs go down. Yeah. Because of it. Well, and I, I like to, I love in this day and age, I feel like a lot of companies, I wish they'd look at it where if their customer has to talk to a human being, they failed. <laughs> you know we we talk about that a lot yeah it's like um, when's the last time you talked to somebody at amazon it it you don't you definitely don't want to never right? why the hell would you talk to them on the phone never a great example of that matt is we for the first year of our product we didn't have a customer portal right we didn't have a way for, for a customer to go in and look at their account update their information update their billing and we saw our churn was high Right. Because people literally would just drop the product versus calling us and give us their, their new debit yeah. card number. Yep. And so once we once we implemented the consumer portal, which I encourage everybody who has the product to use, it's great. Consumers can self-serve. They can self-serve on the, the, the payment side, but also on the claim side. Everything's done through that portal. So they really don't need to talk to somebody. And you're right. If they are talking to someone, something probably broke down. So is this. The the emphasis you put on the the technology side of this has that become a big competitive advantage to you when you you know try to partner with other people that resell your product and they need to easily provide it to all their employees and you know the volume and the scale of that has Absolutely. to be there right Absolutely yeah. yeah we we just uh, we just launched a new partnership this year with a digital um, marketing 
sort of firm um, that that solicits you know consumers through through digital marketing, um, and then they convert them. And so what we were able to do through our open APIs, um, we opened up our system, our quoting engine, our payment engine, our onboarding engine through these APIs, so they could actually create the consumer experience. Um, and so that's the technology advantage we have. Um, and, and actually, in this case, the original business plan of this company was to have three competitors, right? Think of Hotels.com. You, you search pet insurance, and it gives you three choices with three quotes. Yeah. Well, we were the only one that could actually implement the technology. And so we we're the only one that they're offering today. So that's a huge example of why technology, how it separates us. Mm. So you guys so, don't provide the insurance yourself. You're reselling policies from other people. We we actually are uh, a program manager. We're not we're not an insurance company. Um, today we partner partner with Aspen Insurance for the paper. Um, we take the risk on the back end. Um, so we're full service. Um, uh, you know, processing um, customer experience uh, all the way through the risk taking. So I have a question, Casey. We talked about all this planning, and you mentioned studying the space, looking at a whole bunch of different stuff. Obviously, you never know until you get to do it. What part of that plan was way off? Like, was there something that you look back at and you're like, man, I can't believe we thought that might work? Or it, that could be time, money, uh, anything. <laughs> well, like any other good business plan, you should just uh, take your revenue, slice it, slice it in half, and then double your expenses. Um, and that's probably <laughs> closer to what reality is. Um, no, we, we, we definitely had growing pains early on. We, we took the approach, sort of a slow-go approach, you know, because we didn't know how pet insurance was going to perform from a financial perspective. So for the first two years of our product, we were primarily in Kansas and Missouri. Um, and we were basically testing the product, making sure that the coverage was right, making sure that the premium was right, um, both for the consumer, you know, a good price point for the consumer, but also for us to make money. Um, and so, you know, the, the, I would say the, only, the, the thing that, the one thing that, that is, is something that, that we've run into is just doesn't go as fast as you ever think it is, right? You, you think you can get to market way faster. Um, and in a consumer-based product like this, it takes a minute to get consumers aware of your product. So that, that's the one, the one thing I would say we missed a little bit on the initial thesis was just the speed at which we could get to the place we want to get to. Would you have the bull, did you have the bullseye on anything? Yeah, we, we definitely hit the bullseye on the product design. You know, our product, we, we, we took a fresh look at, at the coverage of this of pet insurance. Um, we literally lined up every one of our competitors on a big matrix and, and went through line item by line item the coverage. Um, and there were a lot of gaps. There were a lot of opportunities for us to make the product better. Um, and so I would say if there's one thing we've done very, very well is create a product that is really, really, it, it's good for the consumer and good for the animal. How do you how do you differentiate yourself from your competitors in that regard? Because it's one, you know, when you say that, like, hey, we pay out claims or we do this or we do that. But how do you get the how do you get your potential buyers or users to understand that in that two seconds of impression based anything that they get? It's it's a challenge. There's no doubt, you know, to your question of how we how we separate, differentiate. Um, you know, one example is we don't underwrite by breed. So we're the only insurance company in the United States today that does not discriminate based on breed. Um, and there's a lot of reasons we do that. You know, some are mission-based and some are just, you know, common sense-based. 
Um, and so, so that's a component I think, you know, definitely separates us. Um, you know, another piece, we don't increase our premium as the pet ages. You know, most of our competitors, every single year, the premium goes up. So that by the time your animal's seven, eight years old, you're paying hundreds of dollars a month. And they really do this as a forcing mechanism to get people when they get to those older years to drop the coverage so they don't have to pay claims. So we, we've created a product. Our, our whole goal is to get someone when they when they get a puppy or a kitten, keep the coverage until, you know, till their life is, you know, to the end. Um, and, and that's that's how we've designed the product. Um, we also, you know, in this industry, pre-existing conditions like human health care are a big issue. Um, every policy excludes pre-existing conditions, including ours. Um, you know, you couldn't you couldn't make money if you you come, you sign people up knowing you were going to lose money on them. Um, the key difference that that we've implemented, though, is we tell you what your pre-existing conditions are. So when you sign up, we ask you for access to your vet's medical records. Um, and we go through those records. And if there's a chronic and ongoing condition that's going to be excluded in the future, we tell you that before we take your money. We're the only insurance company in the U.S. that does that. All of our competitors will gladly take your premium every month. And then when you have the claim, that's when they decide to tell you that, oh, that was a pre-existing condition that's not covered. And that is that is one of the biggest sort of pain points in this industry when we did the research consumers hate that consumers want to know what they're buying and so that's something we we definitely wanted to clean up and i'm i'm very proud of it and the reality is is when you tell people what's excluded most people continue on the buying process they already know it's the animal has that issue um so so we're not seeing a, a reduction in, in enrollments because of it um, what we are seeing is you know better customer satisfaction because of it oh. So how do you police the whole pre-existing conditions part of this? Where somebody says like, yeah, my dog has cancer, but I'm not going to tell you. Like, how do you deal with that? Well, um, <laughs> that's a great question. We get their met, their vet records for the last two years, okay. right? So if they've had cancer, hopefully they're being honest and they're sending us their real vet records. Um, you know, we, we don't have the ability to, to actually see the physically, ins you know, inspect or, or evaluate the pet. Um, so there's a component of risk that we take, right? And and that's, you know, insurance in general, um, we're risk takers. That's what we do. Um, we want to get to a place actually in the future where all pre-existing conditions are covered. Um, that is that is an aspirational goal for us. Um, and there's a lot of work to be done between now and then. Um, but we, we go through the extra step uh, and look at your vet records. And that's an expense to us on the front end. Um, but it actually saves us money because when you do that adjudication um, and, and you're you're processing that claim, and that's when you go through the pre-ex, that costs you more, and your customer sat goes way down. Yeah, or can you do something where once they've paid uh, paid premiums for like a minimum of a year, then all the pre-existing conditions go away, or something like that? Yeah, we've looked at it, and we're we're pretty we're pretty generous with pre-existing conditions, so. An example of a pre-existing condition in our world is, let's say, diabetes, right? Where the, the animal has diabetes and it's always going to have diabetes and the medicine is going to cost a couple hundred dollars a month every month. Well, our premium is only $50, right? So it would be really hard for us to sign somebody up paying us 50 knowing that we we're going to pay out a couple hundred dollars every single month. Yeah. Um, so that that's really what we're trying to, to solve for. We're not in the business of trying to you know play the gotcha game with our customers, um, if it's in the gray area, we are on the side of the consumer. Well, that's good. So question for you, we like to ask uh, our guests is, you know, is there a specific problem that you guys had to really overcome that you really had to hustle to figure out a way to solve or, you know, 
you know, certain certain opportunities you had to really hustle to go and win or a big problem you had to hustle to to maneuver around? Well, as you guys know, uh, all aspects of a startup require a hustle. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would say everything is required a, a fair bit of hustle. Um, but but right now, what we're hustling on right now um, is this digital experience. We are plowing in every ounce of brain power into how we just nail that piece. We, we firmly believe that if we can be the industry leader in the digital experience, you know, we'll win. You know, we, we talk a lot about Blockbuster versus Netflix uh, in our internal meetings. Uh, and I, I pound the drum that we do not want to be Blockbuster, right? Netflix is the path. Uh, and in insurance, right, traditional insurance is, again, sold through an agent. Um, and so th there's a shift in our industry and it's been happening for the last 20 years, like every other industry, but there's a shift to doing everything digitally. So that's that's the hustle piece. That's the part where we want to get ahead of the game and stay ahead of the game. Once again with us today, we have the CEO and co-founder of Companion Protect. I'm talking about pet insurance startups today, Casey Masters. So once again, thanks for taking time to out of your busy schedule to sit down with us. Now, you just mentioned that certain parts of you know, there's, there's wins at the business. What, what's it like, what does a win or winning mean at companion protect? Like what are a few things that are okay? The ball went through the hoop. Sure. Yeah. So we have, we have three primary distribution channels, right? So we, we distribute our, distribute our product through animal shelters. Um, and so as we sign up shelters, that's definitely a win, right? To, to get the, 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 the animals that get, adopted out there an animal shelter to make our product available. Um, so we have a whole team of people, a sales team that, that is calling in to shelters uh, every day. Um, and so we celebrate those wins. Um, we also have a concept of a vet work. Um, we have built, uh, in, it's definitely here in Kansas City and our goal is to build it out nationwide, uh, a network of veterinarians. Um, and if you if you go to one of our vet work partners to, for a claim, um, the consumer, the out-of-pocket piece gets reduced significantly. Much like human healthcare, you would just pay your deductible and copay, and then we pay the vet um, the, the difference. Um, and so a win for us, just like on the shelter side, is to grow our vet work. Um, we've got north of 150 participating vets today. Our ultimate goal is around 3,000. Um, so we have a ton of work to do, um, but our product is very compelling and it's fun to listen to the vets um, once they would get the aha moment of what this can do for their practice, um, you know, the success follows. So so those are definitely milestones and key wins. Um, we just recently started uh, a channel called our Insurance Solutions Group. Um, and this is really a carryover from our past life. Um, and now that we've got a product in all 50 states and we have some experience with a product, a pet insurance product in all 50 states, uh, we're actually taking that expertise to home and auto insurance companies um, and working with them to build pet insurance products under their brands. Um, and so that's a really new and exciting part of our business. Uh, and quite honestly, I think that's going to fuel a ton of our growth. Um, and, and so that's, those are, those are wins. Matter of fact, I have a, a call this afternoon, right after this call, a sales presentation. Um, and so, you know, as we, as we form those partnerships and start implementing and launching these, these other branded pet insurance products, um, those are huge wins as well. Now, I think a lot of people don't realize, I mentioned earlier, the size of the business or potential size. And I, I have notes that say in 2018, the pet insurance business or industry was a 1.42 billion 
dollar industry. And depending on who you ask or where you look, that by 2026, it could be anywhere from 11 to 25 billion. Uh, good luck capturing a lot of that. That's great that you're that you're ahead of that. I think it's hey, that's a lot. I mean, look at think of that growth. If you went from 1.4 billion in 2018 to even the low end of that estimate of 11 billion by 2026, I mean that's some pretty uh, pretty exciting growth. So now now with that, what's the plan? for you guys scaling up like how do you, how do you deal with that as a as a leader is that something that um you know like how how are you growing or how have you grown along with the growth of the company sure yeah fortunately for us we've we've sort of been there done that we we've you know experienced being in the wireless industry in the late go go 90s as i like to call them um and and growth at that point in time for us was was really uh exceptional and so we learned a ton on how we how we scale a business grow a business um you know for example we hired 1500 people in a 12-month period so we we've got some direct you know boots on the ground experience on, on scalability um i'm actually super excited to to get the opportunity to do that again um so we we have a whole team of pe people uh it's a great question because we do we spend a lot of time talking about our scalability plan um, making sure we can um, deliver the results that we're out there promising. Um, and again, I hate to harp back, but it, it really comes back to technology, right? You have to have a good technology foundation um, to scale a business like this. Um, and so that's that's a big piece of it. You know, in terms of people, um, you know, it's it's we've we've all entered a different world. We were we were chatting a little bit earlier before the call. Um, you know, our whole workforce is changing. Uh, we are moving from what would be uh, a traditional sort of bricks and mortar office scenario to more of a virtual world, um, which, you know, there's some management, you know, issues that you have to deal with when you go virtual like that. Uh, but for us, it opens up the pool of candidates, not only to Kansas City, but basically we can hire people and have them working anywhere in the U.S. And that, that is, you know, that growth, the whole entire office and job marketplace, all of it is going to change dramatically over the next few years. You have companies like Twitter saying, hey, let's work from home forever. Start doing the math. They're probably doing the math and going, hey, this isn't the worst thing in the world. And it, it, it just really depends on what, I don't know, standards change, things change. Um, I think there's only one thing you can guarantee in business, and that's that things will change. So now... <laughs> When we have enough participants, and today we do, we like to play mixtape the game. I'm going to invent a card today, guys. Now, yeah. mixtape the game. You can go to, to mixtapethegame.com. You can download the mixtape the game app on iOS or Android. I'm going to pull a card, and like I said, I'm I'm kind of inventing one here. I'm going to name a scenario, and all of us will name the song that comes to mind that should be playing while that scenario is playing out. And here we go. Your dog is running towards you with an amazing, loving look on its face across a field. What song is playing as it approaches you? Chariots of Fire. Ooh, I like that. I'm going with Nothing Compares oh, to You. I like it. Nothing compares to you. Watson looks stumped. Oh, man. You know, this isn't fair that you get to make up the cards. So you have like all day to think about. Hey, you can make one up, dude. You can make one up. 
I made it up on the fly, dude. I had to make it oh, okay. actually work and fit. To fit your answer you already had. This is like Jeopardy. No. You already knew the answer. I wanted a pet I wanted a pet version. <laughs> I was scrolling through I was looking through the mixtape deck and I went through a bunch of cards. I was like, you know what? I'm inventing one. And this is by the way, Casey, this is Watson buying time. And while he does that, I can mention once again that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io. Oh man. Uh, you really can't think of a song. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm thinking of Celine Dion. My heart will go on. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, I like okay. it. I had to flush so my head of, of the Beastie Boys. I just watched the documentary here recently, and yeah. so I was trying to come up with a yeah. great Beastie Boys song, but I couldn't. I couldn't nail it. Yeah, now I watched that too. That was interesting, and it resulted in me listening to all of the Beastie Boys albums in like the next day, including teaching my my five year old daughter how to scream at the beginning of Sabotage, um, which my wife appreciated. Yeah. So anyway, back to the voting, Casey. You can't vote for yourself, so I'm gonna vote for Chariots of Fire because I think that's just a good running and full stride kind of song. I gotta vote for him too. Ah, uh-oh! <laughs> he doesn't even have to vote. We took the pressure off of him. I love it. Well, Thank there you. we go. We've got a we've got a winner for for yet another round of mixtape, and it's not me or Matt. Woo-hoo. Hey, hey, we need to go back. We need to go back. We should be have been keeping historical records here because you never know who's going to win when you play mixtape. So, all right, now. There's thanks again for taking the time to to chat with us, and I've got a couple wild card questions that that we're trying to work in here. So, yeah, startups aren't aren't easy, and I think we've all established that. And I think we know that you've been down the road. I've had the pleasure of spending some time with you on and off the court, Casey, and we've talked about how how much work that is. So, do you consider yourself to be driven or obsessed? when it comes to your business or your success? Probably crazy. (laughs) Um, It's, it's really a combination of both, right? You have to be just inherently driven to get up every day and and move the needle. Um, But it's also for me, it's a little bit of fear of failure, right? I just, I I have to, I have to do it. It's just sort of in my DNA. Um, And the cool thing about startups, as you guys know, is to me, I look at it as just we're problem solving. Right. We, we identified a problem and we started a company to try to solve that problem. And then every day when we come wake up and come into the office, whether it's home or, or at the a, a, actual office, you're just solving problems. And so that's the biggest challenge for me in the startup world um, is the problems. You don't have a manual to go and pull off the shelf to, to, to solve the problem. Um, and that's why it's not for everybody. Right. Not everybody can live in an environment where there isn't, um, you know, a, a playbook already established. And so for me, that's the exciting and probably the crazy part is I love building the playbooks. Well, and that's a, that's always something that is a challenge. And we've said that countless number of times. The, one of the hardest parts of a startup is it doesn't come with an owner's manual. Yeah. Every time you do something, it's the first time it's been done. And I think one of the things I've learned multiple instances down the road is it's a really good idea to start writing that owner's manual right away 
because <laughs> uh, if you're going to grow and you mentioned like from a past history, I, I mean, we look at, at full scale growing to nearly 200 employees in two years. I can't imagine what it was like at your prior company, 1500 people in a year. Did you say that? Was did I hear that correctly? Yeah, we were, we were at one point hiring 50 to hundred people per week. Um, and so, yeah, we had to get really, <laughs> and there definitely wasn't a manual that we could pull off for that. Um, but we learned a ton. And to your point, you know, we, we kind of filed that away to memory. We documented it. And, and now we actually do get to pull that off the shelf to some extent here at the new business. Um, but, but it's not the same, right? It has to be, has to be flexed and morphed to, to the space we're in today. Um, but it's nice to at least, I guess for me, it's nice to know, to have that sort of confidence that we've done it before. We know we can do it again. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, it's like I said, it's the, I don't know the, the, that's why so many people are better off being franchise owners than startup <laughs> founders. And, and there's a reason that franchises have a higher survivability rate too. And that's, you can call someone and say, Hey, what do I do if that's, that's right. That, I, that's always the challenge. That's what makes everything seem like a big clusterfuck in the beginning too. It's kind of a challenge. You know, you're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, why are you asking me? Like right. it's the first time it's happened to me too. So you got to kind of figure that out. All right. So we end our, and once again with us today, Casey Masters, CEO, founder, Companion Protect, go to companionprotect.com, check out what they do and buy some insurance for your pet. Uh, we end episodes of Startup Hustle with what we call the Founders Freestyle. We pass the mic around. We will start with you, Casey. What are it, Really, how would you like to wrap up your appearance here on Startup Hustle or give or drop some knowledge or advice for future startup founders of the world? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks, guys, for having me on. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, this is actually my first podcast, so hopefully I didn't fail miserably. Um, so you I did well. I appreciate you, you guys inviting me. Um, you know, the advice I would give... <sighs> wild, crazy people like us who, who, who are just crazy enough to think they can do it. You know, the advice is, is to make sure you're committed, get a plan, commit to the plan, but don't be afraid to change when you get new data. You know, I think that's probably in my experience, one of the biggest reasons that startups fail is they get so committed to the initial plan that they don't flex and morph, you know, when they get new data that suggests they should tweak or, you know, maybe move in a slightly different direction. Um, and, and there is a fine line because you can't lose sight of why you originally started the company, um, but you can't be so naive not to take the data that presents itself and use that to make, you know, maybe new decisions. Um, ha Matt, have you changed your name to Masters Watson? Is that what I'm seeing now? Yeah, instead of Master Watson, I'm Masters Watson. We had we had Casey Casey Masters and Masters Watson. Yes. So Masters Masters Watson, uh, what what's your take on today's episode? You know, I I think this is yet another example of an entrepreneur that worked in the industry, got really valuable experience and knowledge about the industry. Uh, you know, and then was able to use that industry knowledge and experience to go start his own business, you know, and, you know, he worked in insurance, different kind of insurance, but be able to take that same knowledge and um, take the, take the leap. And you've had a very, very successful uh, um, endeavor so far. And I, I think you will continue to. So you're obviously in an industry that is really growing and booming and one of the, the leaders of it. So congratulations. And uh, we need a lot more people like you. Couldn't agree more. Uh, once again with us, Casey Master, CEO, 
co-founder, Companion Protect. Go to companionprotect.com. While you're on the internet, go check us out at Start a Puzzle Podcast on the gram. Uh, Casey, I think the thing that really stood out to me today was your drive for making the digital experience what it is. And I'm such a huge advocate of that. And I've spent a lot of time recently almost getting obsessive with that part of product design and reduction of steps and clarity. And so people, it's easy to say, oh, you need to make your product uh, streamlined and intuitive. Okay. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? And it's, it's kind of like in 2009, when I was back at, when I was, it had gone back to school and they were saying, you need to learn how to hire offshore people. And then they didn't tell us how, so I had to figure it out. And 10 years later, I still have employees in the Philippines. And, you know, it's, I think that there's a lot of, a, a lot of, input and advice that falls well short of where it needs to be. And then it's up to uh, inventive people to figure out the rest. And I, I, I'm glad to hear that you're finding success with that onboarding. And, you know, the quicker you can sign people up, the quicker you make things, make it for people to manage, understand, and not have to ask questions. It really pays dividends, especially if you hit that sharp hockey stick of growth at some point, because like you, I, I guarantee at some point in that year one, when you hired 1500 people at the old company, you get that, oh shit, look on your face and you're like, oh, wow, what are we, what doing? Are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing here and how are we going to do this? And, and it's sometimes if you're not out ahead of that, and I, I did the same thing at full scale, like after about six months, I said, man, we got to start building a company system or doing something here. Cause this is, this could spin out of control pretty quickly. And that. It's, it's a matter of just trying to get that figured out and you're usually going to be wrong. And then you get, like you said, but you adapt. And, the, and I think that there was some very important lessons today. Fortunately, I also purchased podcast insurance before this episode, because you said that you hadn't been on before. So I wanted to make sure that our time was insured, especially masters Watson, because mm-hmm. anyone's going to file a claim about, <laughs> about time it could be matt so well with that i'm gonna i don't i i said i wanted to find a dog so i'm gonna go find one and i'm gonna sign up for companion protect after so i gotta run guys i'll see you next time see ya thanks everybody startup hustles brought to you by fullscale.io helping you build a software team quickly and affordably make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button then come find us on instagram see you next time